This video is actually brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Promo code CLUB can get you 10% off right now on their website. That's right, 10% off anything, the entire order. Ridge Wallet has a classic variety, over 30 colorways of lifetime warranty wallets. But aside from that, they also have cool new gadgets, such as the key case that can make your keys more organized, fit in your pocket, very slimmer. Nothing that's going to be poking you or hurting you. Nothing that's a mess. A lot of you guys have a mess in your pocket and you're losing your keys. Get a key case, please. And you're going to get it cheaper if you pay with the promo code 10% off club. Shout out to Ridge Wallet. Now, back to the video. Hey, make sure to check out our new merch that we just dropped, Cap, the brand new CA podcast, Club Ambition podcast merch line is available right now. Brand new colorway, brand new logos available right now. Make sure to check them out. Cap on Teespring. We are here. This is Cap. I go by sound, your host, every week. We got the producers, my friends, Marloon and Erlen here. Yo, the what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> How is everybody doing? Today. You know, everybody's doing well. Thank you for tuning in. Doing their thing. Um, and we also have on in the shout out to Brian on the side, you know, helping, I guess, direct today, showing some love today, doing his thing. What's up, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't afford a camera and mic for Brian or like extra people yet, but one day we're going to have like an audience cam. I think that'll be pretty yeah. cool. Doing a good job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, let's get right to it. When it comes to content in Rhode Island, you know, I've we've been doing how long? It's been like seven, seven, eight years now. Constant content on YouTube. It's been one year now since the podcast has started, and one of the people that I've always wanted to sit down and have a conversation with, and always wanted to highlight, you know, their story and their journey because it's such an interesting one to me and fascinating. Without even being biased, because I remember coming upon an article of him coming up online, like, oh, Donda, creative director, leaving the team, etc. And I'm like, oh, this seems like a very cool thing. And this photo was very dope. They, I think they had you, like, by neon lights. It was very dope. The, yeah. The, the whole no, my, my brother took that. That was fire. That, that was like, Onlyville. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was Onlyville? That was Onlyville. I got to double, double wow. check and look, look at that again now. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's where, Damn. like, you know, like, the, you know, well, like, it was a like jewelry for ca gold for cash sign, like, oh, right there. Okay. You know? Wow. It looked like a, like a whole, like, I was like, oh, they've they no, got, that's like, a, a car wash. Car, it's a car wash. Car wash you shot me at. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Listen. That's amazing. You made it look beautiful. You know, hey, as, as, I tried. As, as you should, because, you know, going back to the, the statement, man, when it comes to Rhode Island, you know, people, when I read that article, I'm like, okay, this is a very interesting, interesting story. Then it's like, oh, Providence, Rhode Island. And I'm like. Providence? I'm like, whoa! And that was before, I think at that point, I never even did any interview or anything, but I'm like, I definitely got to get in touch with this guy, and eventually we definitely have to do some content together, get his story, because I was so fascinated by that, because when you grow up in the smallest state in the country, and especially in the creative capital, so-called creative capital, I feel like there has been a lack of the presence of the actual creatives from here being highlighted. Yeah. So I took the actual, you know, upper hand i'm like oh if no one's really doing it to the level that i think it should be done let me do it so we have we had a plethora of guests on here so far but this man sitting to the right of me was one that i was like he has to do it like he has to be you know eventually when the time is right and i messaged him you know we've been you know in communication back and forth throughout the couple years um and he's here today the you know legendary in my opinion graphic designer creative director one of the man one of the men and one of the brains behind some of your favorite album covers, album rollouts, merchandise, 
in the history of music, not just rap music, in the history of music, because it's something that's, you know, genre crossing and, you know, very generational type of impact that he's been a part of and around. Those are big shoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I got I to say I it. I appreciate it. I'm honored to I be got, here. I got I to <laughs> say it, man, because it's, 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 it's the thoughts that always run in my head. And I have you next to me, and the world needs to know it. And you're here, and if you guys didn't know, he's from Promise Ron, Joe Perez. Hey. Round of applause or pretend. <laughs> hey, I'm stoked to be here. So I appreciate you yeah. listening, man. So let's start right away from the beginning. Sure. Joe Perez. Right away, we definitely know a few people. We know DJ Ray Perez, a couple people with the last name Perez. So what is that background of that name? What is your nationality? Where's your family's origin, if you don't mind sharing real quick? No, absolutely. So my mom's side, uh, Irish, English, and Scottish. And then my, my father's side is uh, the Perez. So, um, uh, Mexican, native Mexican, wow. and a little bit of Spanish. Hey. Wow. Yeah. So, good, good mixture there. Really? Yeah. Oh, my. And was your father, they were both, um, or was your father specifically born in Mexico and everything, or what was his journey? No, he was, uh, he was first generation. First so, generation. Bo- both my grandparents, uh, you know, traveled over here and uh, wow. settled in San Francisco. And uh, my grandmother was actually illegal. Oh, so, really? Yeah, but like, you know, fast forward 20 years after she came to this country, you know, she got her citizenship the right way. Yeah, yeah. But they're, you know, they're hardworking, pay their taxes, like everything the Republicans Republicans <laughs> say that, they, you yeah, know, they yeah, don't they do, do and shit. So. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah. Wow. So. That's amazing. So then what was your journey then to becoming a Rhode Islander? Because you said San Francisco. Was there, were, were you always here? Were you born here? What was your story with Rhode Island? Yeah, so I was born in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, and nice. um, how my, 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 Mom grew up here, so her family was from Massachusetts. Okay. And then uh, my dad, um, he grew up in San Francisco, and uh, he was uh, very artistic, and he became a uh, car designer, mm-hmm. and he worked for GM. So he moved from San Francisco to um, um, uh, General Motors, which is in Detroit at the Detroit, time. Michigan, yeah. So he was working there when DeLorean was designing cars for GM. So it was wow. kind of like the height wow. of that company, and they're yeah. like the most powerful country, uh, sorry, company in the world at yeah. that point. that was the most popular car in the, w- yeah. in the world at that point. Well, the DeLorean? Yeah, right. No, that was after DeLorean left GM. <laughs> but oh, G- okay. But he was there, and he was designing like, all the muscle cars, and that was like kind of like the big boom in the 70s for uh, American muscle. Oh, wow. Um, so he moved from there, and he, he got tired. I think he worked for GM for like two or three years and he just he fucking hated it because he had to wear a suit every day um, mm-hmm. and it just was too uptight for him so he being an industrial designer he fell in love with the idea of designing toys wow. and he moved here for Hasbro so wow. he was a toy designer at Hasbro and, and my mom had graduated from RISD and she actually sculpted dolls um, at, at Hasbro Whoa, so they met, they met at, at Hasbro. Hasbro yeah as like different different divisions of being toy designers oh my wow. god yeah which is kind of cool that's pretty cool. That's have you coincidentally kind of skip ahead, or not to be yeah. all over the place, but have you ever worked with Hasbro? Like, a, have you had a full circle um, with that yet, or no? No, I haven't. There really hasn't been a need or any kind of. Yeah, they haven't reached out or nothing. That'd no, they're cool. a different company now than when he used to work there. Yeah. So he had some fucking stories. Yeah, <laughs> my God. Do you have like any like of the designing stuff that he toys drunk? On? Do you have like around like any like like I guess what would you call like I guess samples or like do you have any of those stuff that he would be part of or his products or anything? No. No. What's crazy was. Um, I remember being over one of his toy designer friends' like houses, like when I was growing up. Yeah. And he worked at Kenner, and if you don't know this, Kenner, you know, created all of the original Star Wars toys, like the first generation wow. line. And this dude had the molds for wow. those toys, 
in his basement, just like fucking, they were strewn around, you know? And I'm like thinking like now, like, I wish I like, you know, bought them or, or, you know, got them because. Those have to be priceless. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, for whatever the toys are worth in the package, like the molds, the original molds. molds. My God. I mean, yeah, like six figures. Jesus (laughs) Christ. So anyway, it's like. Yeah, I had all these kind of crazy experiences oh being a toy designer's son. That, that's amazing. I, I yeah. love that. I, I, I've read about that, but I, I didn't know like more details on it. That's pretty interesting. I think it, it's uh, it, it makes sense Like why you are who you are and everything that's kind of like developed you. Do you kind of feel that way yourself, yourself as well? Whereas like, because it depends. Like myself, I really, I have a very entrepreneurial father, but my parents really weren't into this type of stuff that I'm kind of really into. But did you feel like, okay... They were artists, so my path as a like during your childhood, it was like, oh, I want to kind of do similar things that they're doing, or were you like, kind of rebel child? No, I don't, I don't like what they're doing. That's weird. I want to do something else completely. Um, I, I found like ex- expressing myself creatively just came naturally. I mean, yeah. m- maybe because it was their backgrounds. Um, it definitely was an environment that that fostered creative thought. You know, it's just like our house was well designed. It's crazy. My dad designed a lot of our furniture. You know, really? he, was a, he was an ID. So when you have an ID background, you you can design products like anything that you know you can think of. God like his damn. was cars. So furniture was like you know a kid's play to him to do. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Which was kind of cool. But um, but, but you yeah, still have that furniture. You have something. I wish. Um, my parents got divorced when I was in college, and they had a big yard sale, and oh all the, all this good crazy God. modern furniture got s- like sold at like you know, slash prices. Oh, and I was yeah. like, yo, I would, I wish I had an apartment and I wasn't in college at the time. Cause Jesus. I would have just like put that in a storage yeah. and, and used it later in life. But, um, whoever has it now, <laughs> hope you're, you're enjoying <laughs> it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was, um, the whole environment was creative. My dad had a studio, um, that was connected to the garage mm-hmm. and, um, that's where he designed toys. He was a freelance toy designer for, I think, God, like 20 something years, you know? So he'd actually go around to toy companies and like pitch these products um, and have a whole narrative and storyline. And, you know, once in a while he'd sell one and, and, you know, that would basically keep our family going for, you know, X number of years. And some of them were quite large, you know, back in the early 90s, mid 90s. Oh my God. Yeah, so. And you you haven't to this day like have like maybe like a archive or like wanted to maybe like collect those type of things and stuff because that that's something that's pretty cool yeah so i I brought all of my dad's uh archives back from san francisco and so they're all currently at my studio right now so yeah next to like you know some of the products that i've got to work on like branding wise like jerry's sneakers and that kind of thing like all his toy products are there in the showcase so we'll see them yeah that's fire pretty cool i gotta see them in person (laughs) and when it came to your youth then transition to school Rhode Island school did you you were born in Providence but did you go to elementary middle school high school here what was your journey so I grew up in Coventry okay uh, I went to high school public high school in Coventry before that really not much to talk about talk about mm-hmm. um, and I was uh, in the skate scene um, back then it was like right when I started skateboarding the, the boards were still a different shape like they're not mm-hmm. the shape that you're accustomed to now because um, now they're more, they're yeah, like the curved oval. What were they back then? More what, square? It was more flat. More flat. Yeah, so there was no curves no at the curve. end. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it was going basically from vert to street mm-hmm. at the time I started. Um, and I had done that for like X number of years, I think like three years. And it got to the point where I thought that skateboarding was more important than school. Really? So my friends and I would basically just, you know, not go to class, take the bus to Providence. And that's oh. what I got accustomed to coming into the city and like, like being a part of that culture, even though back in, I want to say like 93, 94, 
it's a totally different vibe down here. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there was no, you know, I think that whole street where AS220 is now mm. was just like sketchy as like shit. Really? You know, it was like, you go down there like at night, you're brave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, like a few, like a few of my friends got jumped like downtown. Like it just Damn. wasn't through the arcade. It just wasn't the same place. You oh know? my God. It's a full, uh, full 180 yeah. now. It's a whole different spot. Yeah. I mean, the art still lived down there, but what's cool about the time that we skated down in Providence was the fact that, uh, Shepard Ferry was down there. So mm. we started seeing all these stickers in the art. And that really kind of influenced me like wow. from a creative uh, yeah, point of view yeah. because I hadn't seen anything like that before. It's like, oh, cool. cool. It's like this artist I don't fucking know. I didn't know he go went to RISD. Um, just expressing himself in the skater, in the skater community kind of latched onto that. Yeah. Wow. So would you compare yourself kind of to like the classic, like you see like the classic skater movies? I think they did like a recent one. Uh, was it Jonah Hill? I think Jonah Hill did one recently. Oh, yeah. But would you compare yourself or like do you see any sort of like oh, I relate to these kids in these, like, movies with the skater culture growing up and, like, you know, like you said, leaving, like, school, doing that type of stuff. Do you mm -hmm. do you see yourself kind of, like, relating to that stuff, that kind of, like, lifestyle? Um, I mean, it wasn't as crazy as kids, but it was, like, there were definitely parts of kids that, yeah, yeah. I've had that experience, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's cool because you get into this kind of, like, click and you have a really close group of friends and um, you kind of all express, you know, you yourselves differently yeah. but it's all kind of like it's cool it's open yeah. um and skating was that kind of like form of expression do you still skate or no um man i'm 43 <laughs> <laughs> like my body is like uh, honestly yeah i i oh man listen tony hawk's what 55 i think tony hawk tony hawk might be 60 yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't want to gross you out <laughs> <laughs> but i literally uh doing it like going down a handrail like i broke my foot Wow. I, did, I didn't just break it. I dislocated it, and I snapped bones in it, and it, it was so bad that it almost had to be amputated. How like, no lie. 17. Wow. I was, I was in bed in high school for, like, that's the year I dropped out, but I was in bed for four months just, like, waiting for this thing to heal. It oh was nuts. Gosh. Yeah. And in high school, everything was Coventry? Middle school, high school? Um, middle school, no. I went to, like, a Catholic school. Um, okay. I don't even want to talk about that because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <a> trauma. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, no, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> nothing like nothing like that. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just nothing of note. You know. Okay. I guess the only thing of note was middle school. Like I started doing creative writing, and I won a bunch mm -hmm. of awards. So I won like a, a Disney award um, that was a national, oh, nice. and um, I, I won a personal computer. You know, I beat out like I forget like tens of thousands of kids to like win this thing. You oh, know. Wow. And then in high school, I won a bunch of. Um, uh, Scholastic Art Awards yeah. uh, for a skate video that I produced for a um, skate shop called Lunacy that used to be on Thayer Street. Wow. Yeah. And then that, explain that more, because I feel like I read about that being like a major moment for you, uh, that actual, you know, thing that you accomplished, and now it kind of led to like more of like your career path, right? Like doing that? Yeah, 100%. So ha having dropped out of high school and my grades were kind of shit, um, you know, I went to this, uh, I wanted to be a filmmaker. So I went to this film school called um, Art Center. And it was my, the, actually the college my dad graduated from, but for mm. ID. And they had a great film department, like guys like Tarsem and Michael Bay and Zack Schneider. They all came out of Art wow. Center. Was it uh, San Francisco? Uh, this was LA, LA. Los, Los Angeles. And, um, you know, they wouldn't let me in because, you know, the average age for a student was about 24. They wanted you to have some sort of like college experience or mm. life experience before you went here yeah. because the curriculum and what they gave you for a workload was like real world. So yeah, yeah. it would 
you know, it would traumatize somebody like coming straight out of high school. You wouldn't be able to handle it. So I'm like, oh, no, no, you know, I really want to go here. I know my grades are shit. And I know you don't accept anybody that's like, you know, under the age, like 22, 23. Great. Yeah. Uh, what do I have to do to get into this place? And, the, and literally the, the admissions officer was like, well, you're going to do, do something special, like win a national award or some shit. Precious. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it took me a year. And then, you know, I kind of got my shit together in school. And um, yeah, I became friends with the guys on the lunacy skate team. So we'd always skate together. Nice. And uh, I let them know I did video stuff and it was perfect timing. We cut a video submitted it to the scholastic art awards i won the national you know whatever it was called pinnacle award like the best of the best got to go to washington dc and meet kathy bates and get this award on stage wow cool. kathy bates yeah kathy bates you know wow <laughs> <laughs> i was like please don't fucking break my ankles Yo, um kathy bates but That's yeah cool. that that got me into uh my school of choice wow and what yeah. was the school the art art, art center school. college of design and then Pasadena. how long you lasted there uh that was a four-year school four-year school yeah but had i not gone to that school i never would have met the person that got me into the kanye camp mm. um because he was in my class so describe that journey then who was this person what was it like your sophomore year was it like your last week there what was the the experience with that meeting that person that led to the kanye connection yeah so it was my friend toby and i met him i i guess you want to say my sophomore year mm, okay and um yeah, we just kind of had similar interests. We liked similar movies, and uh, we kind of hit it off, you know. We, we both had an aesthetic in terms of um, styling, I guess, as, okay. as directors, because that's yeah. what I wanted to be. And uh, we always stayed in contact after school. Um, you know, things didn't work out. Uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy how much the school cost at the time. I guess it was um, like the most expensive school in the country. I didn't realize that when I was going there. Really? So I, like beat out Harvard and Yale and all oh the other God. like Ivies and shit. And then, <laughs> so I took out all these loans and on top of the loans I took out for school, I took out loans to shoot my film reel. Right. Okay, you know, yeah, because yeah. you need to, to shoot and stuff. Yeah. To get equipment. You need to shoot like, you know, something to show that you can direct film basically yeah. like, like spec commercials or music videos or like low budget and that kind of shit. But anyway, it's like, yeah, I, I kind of like, <laughs> this is when I had my heart thing. So I had some medical issues and I had to move back here. But my friend Toby and I always kept in touch. And then say like fast forward, like maybe five, six years later, he called me and he's like, yo, so, you know, he, he had been telling me he'd been working for Kanye behind the scenes as his videographer. Oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, hold up a minute and put Ye in the phone right now. So he put <laughs> Ye in the phone. And what year was this? Do you remember the exact year? Uh, this was like 2008. 2008. Okay. Yeah. And, and I had been designing uh, websites and managing like websites at the time. Okay. And Kanye had just launched Kanye University. Yeah. And his he famous gets his blog. Yeah. He gets on the phone. And he's like, yo, I just fired my other blogger. Uh, I heard you can manage <laughs> websites. Uh, do you know how to run a blog? And I was like, yeah. And I had no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, cool. He's like, you want to work for me? And I said, yeah, of course. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, like, a, I think a few days later, like after we, we figured out the contract, then we started in. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes that's how it is. Like you can't miss the opportunity and you learn on the job, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have some type of background to maneuver around it. Yeah. That's a perfect thing. No, it was definitely a learning experience because, um, yeah, his other blogger was like, yeah, gave me all the passwords. He showed me like the, the, the back end of the website and the blog. And then he said, he's like, oh, I'm going to help you out where I find all the content. No. Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, he wow. was like, he was out, you know, after that. So, so you did it yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I figured out like where to hold, you know, the best of like art, fashion, music, 
interior architecture, architecture design, yeah. all of that stuff. So I, I kind of like built this roster of other news sources and blogs to feed that blog. Yeah. And basically what I was doing and is like educating the fans and like, like better art and aesthetics yeah. at the same time, it was like an education process for us because Kanye and his team got to shuffle through all the shit I found every day. Wow. Yeah. And then bringing in some more perspective for people. So putting the people kind of there. So it was 2008, 14 years ago. And then you got that call. So were you in Providence at the time of the call because of the heart issue or were you already <laughs> back over there? Um, I was in Cumberland. You were in so, Cumberland. Yeah. Okay. So I was in Rhode Island. You were back in Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And then, transitioning did you work from here did you have to travel because it was a blog so technically you could have done it from here yeah that's what was interesting about the position i found myself in i had always um had a dream it's like i wanted to work from home because my dad that's what he did yeah so i was like oh i just expected it as like a child at some point like you know fuck working at a corporate nine to five like i want to work at home make make my own hours um so yeah, it just kind of like it happened naturally. But yeah, I got to work from here. Wow. So the first like five to six years, I worked from Providence, North Providence, wow. um, out of Greystone Lofts, um, <laughs> blogging and then transitioning and, um, and designing and art directing. Wow. So like Cruel Summer was art directed in Providence proper, actually, wow. at, a, at my friend's studio. So this whole time, what was the, or what was during this time, what was the first like actual meeting with Kanye face to face? Cause you had that phone call. <laughs> you probably would have a bunch yeah. of phone calls I would imagine. Did you ever have to like, Oh, what was he like? Oh, fly out. Let's meet, et cetera. What was that first interaction? Um, I mean, it was relatively, I'm trying to think where it was exactly. <laughs> I think it was Boston, but it was glow in the dark tour. Oh, it was in Boston. Okay. Yeah. I was like, imagine it was in Providence. <laughs> Kanye. You Providence? know what? I'm wrong. It was Madison square garden. It was New York okay. and it was glow in the dark. Oh, nice. And, legendary uh, tour. Yeah, super tour. legendary. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I had been working with him, I think, for, like, two months at that time. Mm, okay. And then his tour came through there, and um, they got me amazing seats. I sat in back of Busta Rhymes, so I got to see him, <laughs> like, you know, f- oh, man. have fun the whole show. Jesus. And, um, and then, yeah, backstage was just, like, such a crazy experience. Like, Pharrell was running back between, like, you know, his dressing room and, and, and whatever, you know, Kanye's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fonsworth Bentley was there. Fonsworth Bentley, um, legendary. Yeah, there, I mean, who else was there? I mean, his team, you know, it's like Nabil and yeah. everybody who's... Probably like, Ivan, maybe cool at the time. Uh, Ivan was there. Um, who else? Virgil was not there at that time. Um, I don't know where he was, but... Uh, but, yeah, it was a great wow. experience. Well, and how did you feel at that time? Was it like, wow, I'm here? Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to be here now? Or was it, like, too overwhelming? What was the situation in your mind? I mean, I was just taking it in, Yeah, you know, it's, um, having not ever been in those circles. I mean, it's kind of like, that's all you can do at that point. You know, it's just like, what's the vibe, but it was like a party backstage and Kanye mm-hmm. was still like 29 at the time, I think yeah, young, right? he was a kid, you know, so he was just so much energy, like bouncing around, yeah, just yeah. like, he was just dancing. Like as soon as he got off stage, like dude didn't stop moving. Like he's, <laughs> he just kept going, you <laughs> know, it's like, it was wild. Oh, so I was no. like, this, you know, it has backpack on. I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, it's the backpack <laughs> era. That's crazy. And yeah. Pharrell came in like, <laughs> tweaking, <laughs> tweaking out, like, like <laughs> say some stuff. And then he'd be like, oh he'd be gone. God. I'd be like, where'd that guy go, man? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, I remember seeing Pharrell in the, the recent Kanye documentary. Yeah. When he's he first hyper. heard that song, he was so like, <laughs> he started running around the studio. Like, yeah. oh my God. I was like, yo, I yeah. wish I was there. Like, I, 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 I could imagine that's like a Pharrell type of experience with Kanye. Like, that's, that's amazing. So then 
that happened, you you met, but then it wasn't like, oh, you just you have to be here. Like it was like, oh, you can go back, yeah. do your thing. Yep. And then transitioning from that to becoming a creative director, becoming a part of the Donda creative team at the time. How did that happen? Or were you considered was that Donda at the time when you were already working for the blog? Or how um, was that like the terminology at the time? Yeah, it hadn't been discussed at the time. Mm, okay. So I would say Donda or the idea of Donda came into the picture around 2010, 2011. Okay. So like two years later, after the blog ended, and there was like different variations of the blog. He had his gallery blog, and then he had like... Yeah, he always switched the name and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so he, at the end, he just couldn't keep it up. You know, he was yeah. like do, doing too many things. He's interested in fashion, so... Yeah. I get it. Um, but then, it, you know, he also transitioned into, like, creating this creative agency. And the ultimate goal was to bring the best of the best creatives in every field to, in the world together, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's pretty impossible because, you know, these are all people that have the same attitude. Like, I don't want to work with, you know, for you anybody. Know, it's like I built my own empire. I have my own rules. Like, I made my life the way it is. So yeah. I think it, he found it, was, you know, quite difficult to do that. Um, and get everybody on board. But I mean, the goals were there and um, they're all positive. Yeah. And, um, you know, I admired, you know, how, where he wanted to take the world and kind of change it. So, yeah, yeah. So that journey then, because you were part of this team, how, how, how was it? Was it like a, a meeting with everyone? Was there like an official, like, all right, this is the entire squad and kind of name them? Because a lot of people definitely know them now. And obviously, if you're diehards, you know that they were part of Donda, but a lot of people might not know that these people were part of this legendary, you know, now infamous squad. Yeah. A lot of people, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that we all, I mean, I feel like the general public doesn't know about. And a lot of people came really? and went. Yeah, there, there are windows of, in pockets like, like, do you know that uh, Frank Ocean's creative director, like, used to be a designer in Donda? Wow, no. Do you? No. no. There you go. So it's like, That's yeah. So, so it's like really talented people like that, you know, like came and went. Like Matthew Williams, like he was there, but, you know, he was like, you know, in and out, like always, you know, because wow. he was doing his own thing and had wow. other projects. So, um, and there are tons of people like that. And some people came, some people went. But the ones that lasted that I think we all remember are obviously like Justin Saunders, Jerry Lorenzo, mm -hmm. um, Heron Preston, yeah, Heron Virgil. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, those were the Ivan, yeah. Don C. Yep, Don C. Yeah, so Ivan and Don C were like the OG Donda, you know? Yeah, because they were like his lifelong friends. Yeah, right? and then Virgil. So yeah, then Virgil. you had the, that core of the, that, those three people. To me, was really kind of like the lifeblood of the energy that was there, including yeah. Ye, obviously. Yeah. But he was like... A hurricane yeah. <laughs> the hurricane energy came through the door and like you know it's like man yeah how do you how do you condense that <laughs> so during this time meeting all these people like what was the and first of all was it like meetings like actual sit down meetings because in my mind always looking back at this stuff i always i don't know why i always pictured like some like plain white studio with top like room. like top secret kind of vibe but still like plain simple and a bunch of like computers and then having like wild meeting conference meetings and like arguments here and there but then like these legendary minds who you know they might have not known themselves at the time but they were going to become as big as they are because these guys are fear of god like everything like all these brands that are like been attached to it coming off of like people always mention that the uh what do they say the kanye umbrella or like the yeezy umbrella i think chinatown market right. had like a shirt of like the, the yeezy yeah, team the, the dream yeah. team and I'm like, didn't they? I'm like, they should have put Joe's Joe's face in there. What's going on? They have Joe Joe's it's face a in there. It's a different team. 
I respect that. I mean, they're all in fashion, so I understand. It's like yeah. that's that's a team. But then speaking of that, uh, going back to that, what was that experience? Was it like how I saw it in my head, like this sort of like oh, this fantasy meeting room? What mm-hmm. was that? What was these meetings like? What, or do you have, like, let's say, at least one wild memory from these meetings that could kind of bring us there? Um, I mean, at first, like I like I talked about, I work from home a lot. Yeah. So, but then when I did fly in, yeah, it would be these meetings, um, wow. and Kanye would be in and out of them, and it would be like select team based on like you know what the meeting's about. So if we had a music video meeting or we had a meeting with like a video game company, you know, it depended on like who was on that side you know he had different yeah. people for like media and film and that sort of thing yeah. um but yeah i mean at one point in calabasas like it'd be all of us you know it'd be like virgil would be there jerry would be there heron would be there wow. justin nate brown like everybody would be there um and we'd be working on like say it's like hollywood bowl together so yeah there would be a table in the middle of like a hangar which wasn't mm-hmm. finished at that point which later became his calabasas office that you saw like willow mm-hmm. peron like you know design the interior for um, so it'd be all of us who just like these massive blackboards that we'd hang up all the ideas. Okay. So it'd just be all of us kind of churning out ideas individually and then putting them all up and then talking about them and, you know, yeah, he would give his notes and that kind of thing. And then we kind of hone in on like a few ones that he liked and wow. collectively would work together on those. Did you ever have like an idea that he got like impressed by you over everyone else? Like, did you have like that one that was like your like proud moment like oh shit like he fucked with this one over anyone else's like you know i don't think you didn't really have those moments <laughs> you do like a thousand options and he just go up to the board and be like this one yeah that'd be, that'd be it and you'd be like okay cool like i'll take that after you know three weeks of looking at like jackets for your invite you know yeah yeah because i remember reading about like your experience and like you you kind of described it like as like a fun school or something of that nature but in my head i'm like when I looked at him to more of like this stuff, like you put up an example of like even creating like that Cruel Summer album cover. Like you guys went through what, like 350 uh, different cover options? Yeah, 325. 325, yeah. and then it came down to one. And I'm like, that sounds like hell to me. Like I'll be going crazy. Like what the it hell? Was like a physical hell, yeah. Jesus. But then bring us there. Like what was that like experience of dealing with someone who, and we'll get, we'll touch into him more, obviously, mm-hmm. the current stuff, but. That mindset of being with a creative like Kanye West, who is so, you know, you can see it many examples, indecisive, very critical, wants to be very picky. He has the, the whole team that they can, you know, just tell him kind of what to do and they got to do what he says, right? Because he's the, the leader of the squad of that team. What was that like experience? Like, was it, you said it was fun school. I said it was kind of like hell. Mm-hmm. What was it? What, what genuinely was it feeling? Um, It was definitely a combination of the two. Yeah. You know, it was... Uh, it was, yeah, you going back to school, I mean, for me, I, I don't have a design background, you know, and I wouldn't call myself a great designer because there's definitely people that I, they do layout and design and I love it and that's just not me. I'm more of like a graphic artist, but yeah, that was like... You're very humble, very humble. <laughs> <laughs> that was like literally a crash course in graphic design for me. And my art wow. director, Guido, had been trained like, you know, at a college in Europe. Yeah. And so he kind of gave me all this knowledge. He, we were on Skype because that's what we did back then in like 2000, when that 12 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're on Skype like days, like, you know, it'd be like 18 hour like Skype conferences. <laughs> oh yeah, God. like every day. And like, you know, I think at one point he had like a case of wine delivered to his house because he was Italian. You know, oh, he's like, oh man. my God, thank God I have a wine. <laughs> um, but it was literally like, it, yeah, boot camp hell where wow. we were just de- designing based on Kanye's notes like every day. Virgil's notes like every day 
Um, so we were just tweaking this cover. Um, and we started with four photographs that uh, Fabian, his photographer, took when he was traveling around Europe that had inspired him. Yeah. One of them was like architecture with a statue embedded in it uh, in some ceiling. And that's where you got the girl. And then wow. it started as a photograph. If you look at the video on my, my, my gram or whatever, yeah, 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 YouTube. YouTube and it went from that to we got to the point where we framed it the right way. Like all the you know floral stuff around mm -hmm. it was like, we felt like this, this balanced well. And then we gave it to a 3D artist, you know? And that brought in like More a like whole it. other problem because the 3D artist we hired was amazing, but he didn't know human anatomy. And the face came back like, Oh shit! Like, like, like <laughs> too flat, too. Yeah, it just it wasn't. It, it looked it, look it looked alien, you yeah. know. So we had I had to go in and Photoshop it like for seen, like a week. I you seen know? it was crazy video too. Like you see the girl's uh, chest area. It was, like, I don't even want to go there, hours. man. <laughs> no, but it, it's interesting, like how it started originally, and it's like this still can be a human. Like it's still little differences that yeah that changes. So that's no, really yeah. what it was. So it was like chiseling. Um, it's like literally like sculpting, like every day. You know, it's like notes in the body, the face, like the, the floral arrangement, everything around her. Um, he was just meticulous and. At one point, my art director went from like, I think he's crazy to, oh, he's a genius, you know, and yeah. then, but it was a kind of a progression like, oh, he's, you know, these are great yeah. notes like and then we got to a point where I think both my art director and I were just were like, wow, this, this literally came from this photograph and we took it this far, but it was all based on this one person's vision. Yeah. And what was cool about it was he actually used the cover as an inspiration for the music. So mm. it was finished first, and in music, oh, like that wow. never fucking happens. Like usually, you know, they come to you after the music's like ready to be mixed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's That's like one crazy. of the first reverse, actually the only reverse project I've worked on in music. Damn, yeah. I didn't even know that. That's a bit about that that album. Wow, that that's crazy. And when it came to that, you know, being around that, and then that's one big job. What was like another major one? Because I know you have so many but instead of me kind of listening what was one that comes to mind for yourself because i know watch the throne yeah uh the nikki stuff obviously we can get into that but what was one that's like a badge of honor in your heart um i'd say i have two of them yeah. and uh definitely the lion king album with beyonce Wow. Um, just from a conceptual standpoint. And I that's think post Donda, right? That's that's recent. That's post Donda. I guess yeah. if you want to talk about the Donda projects, then I'd, I'd say Cruel Summer because Cruel I, I had learned the most on that and it was the most yeah. um, physically challenging, like mentally, spiritually, like, you know, it's like it destroyed my relationship at the time. But, oh, man. But at the same time, when it came out, I mean, the reward for that and seeing yeah. it on the shelves and how the fans reacted to it and um, like the good music... Um, um, when they got together and they performed it live, like all of it was worth it, you know, at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's crazy. Like all that, you know, him spitballing, ideas being thrown, frustrations of the creators <laughs> trying to make something come together. Yeah. But then the final product is like, aha, like an aha moment. Like, oh, okay. And it's like, it feels like that's what you guys definitely went through with that. And then when it came to your experience with working with, aside from the Donda actual, you know, team, uh, Nicki Minaj, that album. What was the album again? The Pink Print, right? Yeah. So we worked on two album cycles with her. The first okay. one was the Pink Print. Pink Print. Yeah. And then what was that experience working with someone of 
that magnitude, like a, a legendary, like obviously arguably the number one female rapper of all time. What was that experience working on that album cover? Because I saw, I read about how it got made, like mm -hmm. the the actual yeah. claymation and like actually doing. That's an actual real deal fingerprint. That's a, that's a physical fingerprint. Yeah. Wow. So is it yours? Like whose is whose is it? I'll get into that in one second, but. <laughs> Um, what was cool about working with Nikki and her team was um, her manager at the time was uh, G. Robinson. G. Robinson, yep. Yeah, and, and he came from Camp Kanye. So mm -hmm. it's like I had I had known him from that time. So it was kind of like family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. So that's how it got like you got kind of hired for that because of G. Yeah, Robinson. Yeah, he hit oh, me wow. up and he's like, okay, we need we need an album cover. But and then he started laughing and I was like, oh, don't do this to me, G. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we need it tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> And I was in L.A. at the time because I, I was working out of the Calabasas office. And um, uh, my girl at the time was a photographer. and still is. She's a music video director now. But uh, I was like, all right, you're going to help me on this. So she, she co-creative directed this. And we literally had an idea because kind of G and Nikki gave us a, like a gem of an idea. You mm -hmm. know, something to do with like a print or a stamp or, you know, yeah. or like, okay, cool, fingerprint, pink print. Yeah. And so we went to like CVS at like, it was literally 11 o'clock at night, you know, like CVS got like all the sorts of makeup because we had this idea of just like, oh, cool, like a print and makeup because, you know, that's kind of her style, yeah, her vibe. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Yeah, you know, like ooey gooey kind of like cool pink and uh, makeup. But, um, and then we rented like camera equipment at like, I think 12 a.m. Like, Where? From, from, well, you're in LA. They, they have they have they have 24 hour you know rental places. Oh, yeah, so we got lights, shot the whole thing, stayed up all night. Like I wow. edited the thing. I think it's six o'clock in the morning, and then you know sent it in. So, yeah, it's actually a composite. So we couldn't there's no way you could get the fingerprint in that thing you know you oh, had it wasn't to, visually coming out yeah you had to do one where it's more like a real fingerprint you know the kind they take you know okay yeah, and yeah. then and then we just did one we called the deep dish where you just mash and make the kind of like the crater for your finger wow yeah that is crazy you, you mm -hmm. made one of the one of the you made a cover art in one day for one of the most popular female rap albums of all time that's yeah. pretty crazy. That's that's a that sounds like a Mission Impossible. Yeah, I never say who the fingerprint is, but I think you're looking at him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. oh man! Yeah. I, yeah, I think she went on like a Tonight Show or one of the late night shows, and she's like, "Oh, it's mine." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, she's <laughs> <lying>. <laughs> Oh man! I don't, I don't. At this point, I don't care. Yeah, it's like, hey. Yeah, hey. we had we had twelve hours, you know. It's like, what are you? What are we gonna? Hey, Nikki, we need to come over to my apartment, you know. It's Put like, your finger in this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. And then the second album again. So what? She loved. I'm assuming she loved it. She because it approved. It got released. Did she? It was approved by her fully. Yeah, it was like fully approved. I mean, we had a bunch of different variations. Um, but yeah, what you see was what you got for the final cover. Wow. And then nice. what was cool about it was I, I I honestly didn't expect this, but it went on to be like um, Rolling Stone's top 50 albums yeah. of all time. And yeah, it's like I I, that it. blew my mind. And I yeah. was like, all right. And your cover's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, because I think that's, that's her most, I think is her most notable, or at least her most, I, I might be wrong, I don't want the barbs to kill me in the comments, but I think <laughs> it's her most selling album, from my, my recollection, the pink print. Yeah, it's well like, we intended it to be like a logo, like a stamp, like something that she could, you know, put anywhere really. So. Very memorable, like yeah. it's like yeah. on brand with the name of the title of the album, like let's not, you know, because a lot of people I feel like they, you see the title of the album and it's like, like it'll be called black, and then the album cover's white, it's like. 
Oh, right. all right. That might be, I guess it's artsy, but it's like, it's not really on brand. But that one was like, you got 24 hours yeah. and it worked and it was very on brand. So it was on the nose, but you know what? It was like enough where people didn't expect yeah. exactly that. So oh, that, that, that's awesome. And then going back a bit more to like the down to uh, creative team, legendary person that was a part of it, uh, you know, when it came to everything in that time, in that era, Virgil Abloh, I remember you sp discussing yeah. with me a couple of years ago and like your friendship and everything with him and like that whole even like and if you even mind sharing the concept of um him le leaving or giving you basically something that now is becomes like a, a personal piece of memorabilia that laptop right mm. so kind of go into that relationship with virgil abloh you meeting him and that entire journey yeah i mean i think he he was the type of just human being that was always positive you know, I, I never, I mean, I never knew him not to be, and he just was always there for you. So during Cruel Summer, um, I think the iMac I had at the time just couldn't handle file sizes that I was working on because they were so layered in Photoshop. And I, you know, I couldn't break away to get a new computer, and I reached out to Virgil. And he's like, okay, just, you know, hold on for a few days, do what you can, and uh, I'm going to send you a laptop. And, you know, because he cycles through laptops, like, you know, we cycle through, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> like, or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, T-shirts. Yeah. Because um, he's constantly working. He needs the latest stuff. So he sent me that, and it saved my ass. But it was kind of a testament at the same time of just who he was, you know. Yeah. It's just like, if you ever were in need, like, he was always there for you. Wow. So he didn't have to say anything. And, you know, majority of the time, it's what he did. Yeah. And what he did was, you know, care about you on, yeah. on multiple levels. Make sure you're okay. Yeah, because that was his, one of his personal laptops. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, send you a new, la uh, a new laptop in a package. Did you kind of expect that? Did you not know when you got it? You were no, like, oh. I had no idea. Like, it, you know, this black colorware laptop, you know, that, that where a company would, you know, him and Ye would have these um, Apple laptops that were like painted black, you know, before you could get wow. like cases or anything like that. And they're like, Special editions, custom, yeah, custom, custom paint. Custom everything, yeah. So I got this thing, and I was like, oh, sick. And, yeah, uh, yeah it was way faster than my iMac. And <laughs> what was cool about it was it had a lot of his files still on it. Ask, yeah, if it's still yeah. Any like, he didn't delete. Wow. He didn't delete much, you know. There's, like, pictures, like, like him and Matt and Heron, like, like during the Ben Trill time. Wow. Like, some of his first T-shirt designs are on there. Like, <clears throat> there's a cool archive on that laptop, wow. yeah. Man, that that's that's some that's very 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 yeah. legendary, man. And the and fact that you still you still have it, obviously you still. Um, it, that thing is going to be in my possession until yeah. I die. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, that yeah, that's a when gift. He had, when, when he um rest in peace, unfortunately passed away. I remember like hitting you up, I'm like you got to put that like in a museum or something. You're like, no, I'm keeping that shit forever. What the yeah, fuck? it's like yeah, I can't I can't argue that as well, you know. But then breaking that down, like what was, because he did that in a moment of need, and from that point until the point he died what was your relationship with him was he someone that you know you would reach out to still you know still share like a kinship with or was it like here and there what was that at all uh i mean let's let's face it that he was so busy you know yeah so nice. i mean i went to an off-white show um i think in 2018 but our relationship after donda um he was just somebody that you could reach out to at any point ask advice for like big or small and again, like he'd always be there, it did, you know, he'd always answer, like he never not did that, you know? So that was his MO with everybody he cared about, like everybody he'd worked with. And to me, I mean, that's like what 
made him stand out more than anybody I've ever met or, you know, worked yeah. with. Um, just that level of just care, you know, yeah. and being there. Um, and yeah, he'd always, if you ever ran into a problem, he'd always be on your side and kind of be your proponent. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, from the outside looking in, I agree with it without really even knowing him ever, but you would see it. Like he would, they would be publicized like a bunch of up and coming artists, rappers, skaters would always post like Virgil DMing them or yep. like Virgil sending them clothes. And I'm like, this guy is like so tapped in. Like this is like a different, I'm like, he's so busy and still tapped in. Yeah. Like, I know people from Rhode Island, like some creators out here who would get like a DM from him, like the him showing love. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like this guy is so busy, but still showing love. That's exa the example he set. And you know, I try to follow it. Uh, I think other people that have worked with him at Donda, you know, do too as, as well. Um, but with myself, it's like, I try to answer as many DMS as I can. Um, I try to answer as many questions as I can for like young designers and like people coming up, mm -hmm. uh, any way I can help, you know, with the time that I have, obviously like I do it, you know, it's like, yeah. so I think it's really important to always kind of be there for the people, not only you care about, like, but another generation that's coming up that you can help where you see talent and you can put them in places necessarily where they may not be able to get a foot in the door, you yeah. know? So yeah. That that's what he did for a lot of creatives. Yeah, and going in more into into that when it comes to like current actual situations, it was as it's going to be interesting to hear your perspective on things because you're someone that you know was literally around, you know, all these people. And for perspective, Tremaine wasn't a part of the the Donda team, was he? Or was he? He was just like an affiliate, correct? Yeah, I mean, he was like in an he was around you know like yeah. like how bari was around it's okay, like yeah 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 so yeah. he, he yeah. was friends with virgil and you know he was friends with yay and he'd come through and okay yeah he'd talk about ideas and everything else but yeah he wasn't you know there on a daily basis but yeah still kind of like consulting and just being a part of the conversation yeah yeah because i always would respect his like designs and everything almost as if he was like a part of that that tree that olive branch of the the kanye yep. university whatever they want to call it but tremaine emory for those who don't know he's now i believe was the creative director of supreme or the the head of of yeah he's creative director of supreme creative director yeah. of supreme but obviously he has his own brand denim tears very mm -hmm. popular now has always had his moments in culture but now like his gene designs like it's blown up very very heavily but he has had a moment that has gone viral online for those who don't know <sighs> and it's like who doesn't know i think the entire world knows right and i definitely want to get joe's perspective on this kanye west has been going on a very you know interesting to say the least kanye type of rants yeah. with instagram i think currently he's not banned but he's restricted so he can't post on Instagram and he can't post on Twitter. That's yeah. probably a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's currently like that's it's currently because I think time uh, out. Yeah, because I think he went to Twitter because Instagram Sued. stopped and it was like, no, yeah. Twitter, we're gonna stop you too, Kanye. He's like, oh, I don't know what's gonna what's he gonna do next. Oh, well, actually, last night he released. I saw it fully. I was up at the time when he when it went live on his channel. A random documentary. It was like thirty minutes long of new music. Yeah, it was yeah. last week, and it's like new music. Um. And it's like, uh, like coming, not coming, I guess kind of coming at Drake and Future, but not really. It was just like, like, yeah, you don't love me, go listen to Future, bitch. You don't love me, go listen to Drake, bitch. And it's like, oh, wow, like, all right, this is a song that might come out, whatever. And yeah. it shows, like, moments with him and the Adidas team, the Adidas executives, and, like, him having a meeting, blurring their faces, but still leaking his private meeting of, like, 
we're gonna do this now because you guys saying that this is gonna happen like they they said that the the situation is temporarily on pause the, con the con relationship between them and he's like we're gonna do this you're gonna make him ceo etc i would recommend people go check it out very interesting uh thing that kanye released yeah. right but aside from that going back to the twitter rants there was a situation that happened where he posted something relating to virgil abloh and it was very to a lot of people including myself distasteful very questionable like what it why are you going there what's going on there and tremaine emery took the actual vocal perspective and actually went and commented and you know shared his opinion on it. he's like oh you're passing a line here i'm not listen this is like all right this is too far and it was very interesting because when it comes to the creative circle and like fashion designers and big names and people who have been done stuff even around him or with him they really never share their opinion on Kanye or like they never say oh you draw the line especially yeah. publicly and someone like Tremaine if you know him he's very like disclosed doesn't talk like publicly on online very much like a lot of people might not even know how, how he sounds like this is the type of person mm -hmm. he lets his work speak for himself right but then he shared that he's like you cross the line and then Kanye went to post the, the text between him and Tremaine yeah very vocal sharing everything literally the first um uh text Kanye sent back when Tremaine hit him up. It was like, good morning, bitch. Like, it was like, oh, whoa. What the fuck is this? And then he went on to talk about Virgil's design, saying that he didn't like him. And he's like, you didn't like him either, Tremaine. Let's be honest. And then questioning, um, or at least making it to the public, throwing it up in the air. Like, there's theories now on Twitter because of this. Because he was like, I didn't believe Christine. Uh, which, I'm not sure who that is. Is it Virgil? Would you happen to maybe know who he was referring to when he said Christine was the Virgil's... I do. I, I don't want to get into the weeds about right, it, but yeah. yeah. You don't have to. But when it came to uh, what he said, he then said, uh, um, he, I believe there when she said that he didn't have cancer, et cetera. So then people are like making theories online. Oh, he didn't have cancer. Then does he have cancer? And it's like, bro, why post this? Why make this public, right? You're passing the line, in my opinion, because it's like, obviously he did some other shit. It's like passing the line, the whole Jewish stuff. But then when it comes to personal, like, Oh wow. Why are you coming at this man? Let him rest in peace. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And then that has carried on to more back and forth between him and Tremaine. But you being someone that obviously had a friendship and at least definitely knew for a moment of time, Virgil and had a connection with Kanye being around him, knowing how his behavior is and his, you know, Kanye DNA is, you know, mm -hmm. what is your perspective on this? Well, my, my, I mean, first of all, my perspective is I'm definitely not the right one to give the commentary on it, but the right, the right person, Tremaine, he gave the commentary. You know, he, he said what needed to be said, and he was the right person to do at the right time, honestly. So yeah. I'm glad that he did it. Um, yeah, a lot of people kind of agreeing with that. Like, yeah. I saw Lucas about a couple of people commented, like, "Oh, thank God you did it," or something. Yeah, there's a line when you start using, you know, people's names, and you know, for your own gain as being a victim, you know. And this kind of, this is where I'll kind of transition into some of the conversations I had behind the scenes, where it's like Kanye and a lot of artists, not just Kanye. It's not nothing I think is specific to him. Uh, and the history of being an artist is um, he he has this thing with self-sabotage. You know, he needs to get to a point where he needs something to overcome to make great art or, you know, really something in the world and make an impact. And you can see it through the history of his career. He's, you know, continually, like, consistently has gotten his own way. 
Um, and it's not like each time that happens, it's like, you know, the first time was with what Mike Myers and you know, talking about George Bush and like, mm-hmm. cool that, you know, people agreed with him, you know, um, the second time or maybe the third, it was like Taylor Swift incident. You know, it's like, it's like you have most of America hating you right now, especially mm-hmm. middle America. It's mm-hmm. like, you're not liking you at least. Yeah. And there was a lot of gnarly emails that came through his blog on that, on that day. But he, he just needs something to overcome to make great art. You know, it's like advert, you know, something, you know? Yeah. And when it came to like your experience of like, even like, did you know of, of maybe of anything of like, um, Virgil's like state of being? Cause I felt like it was definitely like a shock to a lot of people, but I'm assuming there had to be some people that maybe even knew that obviously he was going through his personal stuff. And unfortunately now he's, you know, passed away from it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know, but that's all yeah. I'm going to say, you know, yeah. it was, it was a shock. And yeah. It was shock. like, yeah, it was a devastating blow, you know, um, you know, for, for everybody that obviously knew him and loved him and then, uh, beyond devastating blow for culture. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I talk about it to this day. Like, it's like unbelievable. I'm like, oh, I mean, how many God. times in, in a generation does somebody like that come along? Yes. You know, it's like, you think about it. It's like once every 40 years, 50 years, like Mm -hmm. possibly with him, you could, you could argue like once in every 200 years, you know, it's like, I I would say like between, yeah, I mean, there is no between, there's no comparison. Like he is in his own league and that, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I agree. It's like his, everything he stood for, like his philosophies, his way of talking, his way of being, his expression, you know, the way he showed love, like Mm -hmm. even the fact that he even, you know, had the connection with wanting to go to RISD, not being accepted, but then still coming to Rhode Island and showing love to RISD and stuff. And the whole culture here, I was like, wow, this man is like, this guy is too humble. Like this man is just, just he, he, I feel like he never accepted like, oh, I'm Virgil. He didn't seem like to have an ego very much. No, it was just all playtime for him. You know, he wow. was, he was happy creating and he did that 24 seven. Like I never met anybody with a work ethic like that and i didn't even i don't think he looked at it as a work ethic it's just what he did he loved doing it so and he loved he loved um you know helping the youth and and propping them up and giving a voice for a new generation of designers and just being amazing in every in every way not just like you know as an artist and as a fashion designer like he was just an amazing kind human being yeah um and to have somebody be that in that position and still be so kind and caring it's you know, yeah. you know, Steve Jobs could have learned something if it. A hundred percent, man. And would you say, would you agree where a lot of people kind of, because we saw that um emotional moment, emotional moment between Kanye and Virgil at the um, Louis Vuitton uh, show and like the actual embrace and yeah. them kind of like reconnecting and people were like, wow, like, yeah, because they were very close, but you were around the Don, the creative team. Would you say that they were amongst or the closest when it came to like kanye and another creative was it like kanye and virgil like almost like hand in hand most of the time yeah i mean they're they're pretty close when it came you know came to like creative contact and that sort of thing they're always working closely together um but obviously when 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 virgil had uh um started off white you know he was he was focused on that and he was like in and out um but um yeah there is a good dynamic there i mean obviously they're friends i think the the takeaway with with kanye was he was kind of just hard to gauge you know it's like he would he would be a different 
kind of Kanye every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of just figured out as the day progressed, like how to go with that energy. Um, and what I loved about Virgil's dynamic, um, especially in the team was I always looked at Kanye as like, I called him the hurricane. Like he literally was a storm, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like picture like being in a boat, like a fishing boat, like during a hurricane. Right. And Virgil's the captain and he brings you home. Basically that's what every day was like, wow, you know? Wow. So he steadied the ship, you know, he, he, he chilled out the crew and got everybody through it. That's oh, what, man. that was the dynamic. Oh man. Yeah. And do you think that it's like how a lot of people, well, even he himself has said a Kanye, like he's battled, um, like actual health issues, whether it's like, um, bipolar, et cetera. Would you agree? Like, Oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Cause you dealt with this scene around, or is it just like, Oh, he's just like one of one. Or was it like, no, this man definitely, you know, definitely had, or might still obviously have some sort of health issues. It's not just, you know, pure ego. It can be, you know, but it can also be some, maybe some chemical imbalances <laughs> or something going on in his brain. Yeah. I mean, positive or negative. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of, you know, those mental health things, you know, go hand in hand with being creative, um, you know, or being, being deep in science and math, you know, it's just like, and, and people who are at the highest level of science and math, you can argue that they're very creative, you know, they have to be. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of always a part of his personality, but I mean, it was, there was just so much energy that came from it, you know, it's just like most of the, I mean, he'd harness it for basically good and he'd create great fashion lines like amazing music you know and he channeled it into these like these things and output just amazing products and and art into the world um so yeah i mean i i looked at it as like it was kind of like how he just was and how Mm -hmm. he created so um yeah yeah, I don't really want to touch too <laughs> yeah, much yeah. on like you know his men- his mental health state yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I viewed it as like a positive for him, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously now it's like, you know, th- I guess things have changed. But he's evolved yeah. and he's had a family, and he you know he's um, obviously like going through you know some trials and tribulations with his partners at you know different companies right now. But yeah. for him to be airing it out publicly is uh, it's again, there's pros and cons that come with that. You know, we all get to kind of see like, you know, we're at in front of the wizard of Oz and the curtain gets ripped away and we get to see the inner workings of just like corporate America and like, you know, how they treat artists and vice versa, like what artists expect and like that struggle. So I think as much as there's like a lot of negative coming out of that, I mean, we do see there are positives out of it. And I think, but right now, obviously the negatives are out far outweighing (laughs) the fucking positives. So I think, and they can't be, you know, just just the fact that he said, I'm going DEFCON on Jewish people. Like that blew my mind. Like that's one of the most dangerous things that I've seen in, in, uh, you know. Yeah. And then like that whole tweet, like he's like, Oh, I'm about to go to sleep. But, Oh, he's like, I'm sleepy, something like that. And it's like, all right, then go to sleep. Don't tweet because you might regret what you're about to say. Yep. And then he says that and it's like, all right, bro. Like you can't, you can't take it there because you're, you're playing a very, very, very dangerous game where it's, you know, racism. Now the comparisons to him being a Nazi are going to be there. Like you, like why, why, why do that? And I think that's the only one tweet so far that he's really he deleted. it. I think he deleted it. Um, 
but it's like i would imagine yeah that's the one you would want to delete no right but it's like man what is going on and what's your opinion when it comes to because you you like you said you were around the blog so you were getting like the actual feedback yep. you would actually see, actually see this was pre like what pre-instagram kind uh, of or pre-twitter pre-twitter yeah, so yeah, it wasn't like how now you would see comments back then it was kind of yeah. like email the blog wasn't pre-twitter but it was pre him on twitter pre him on twitter yeah. okay yeah so you would see the actual feedback direct um right during these moments of the taylor swift etc george bush and now fast forward into his most recent one you can argue it's definitely the jewish one is definitely one up there but i would say the white lives matter one when it comes to that what is your opinion on that because you are someone that's been around fashion you are a fashion creator you have created your own brands you've been around the greatest minds you know creating some of the most amazing pieces you've been around the world so i would love to hear your perspective from a fashion head of this white lives matter is it something that you can chuck up to Oh, another thing that he's, you know, similar to what you already experienced in your early days with Kanye? Or is it something that is like, you don't understand the creative nature of this at all? I mean, honestly, when I first saw it, I was completely confused. You know, it's like, I get it. It's like when you're designing a fashion line and you're putting on a fashion show, there's a story, there's a narrative. Um, and I just didn't know where that fit in, you know, honestly. <laughs> and... I honestly, you know, behind the scenes, like there is a point where I feel like when somebody's so removed from reality, like our reality, like that they start losing touch with how to communicate in certain ways and they start creating almost like their own language, their own, own dialogue, you know, that's very much in, in it, in its own silo. Yeah. And they may think something, you know, means a certain way and, yeah, there's just wires crossed and then it comes out and the general public is like, you know, they, their minds are blown because yeah. like they just don't, they're not in that silo. They don't get that language. Like what, what's going on? But yeah. I mean, there's so much wrong. And again, it's like going back to the Twitter comment about going DEFCON. Mm. It's just dangerous. You know, it's just like, I mean, you look at that and it's like, fuck, it's like what white lives. Yeah. They've always mattered. Obviously, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, why do you need to put it on a, you know, t-shirt? So, I mean, my first like emotional response to that is, to that was i got really angry you know it's just yeah. like we don't that's not what we yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it sucks because we need he actually tried to justify it in a sense saying like the black lives matter movement yeah, the returning person, a favor yeah the person scammed all that money it wasn't even about the movement mm -hmm. yeah so then i'm gonna do this because it's not about the movement now it's about just getting money so it's just like bro like what, what what's going on like what what are you understanding in your mind like some of the things I feel like there's not a person in, in in his team that's just like telling them at least like controlling them like look at it through this lens, look at that through through this. But I kind of see like hearing the stories too is like he kind of just was closed mind like it was just his world almost almost uncontrollable. Day. Yeah, yeah, I mean so. there's certain people in the industry where I mean I'm sure you can believe this, but uh, there's nothing but yeses all around them yeah. all the time. Yes, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, there's no PR company there and. There hasn't been for 2010 or something. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, who's going to stand up to that, you know, force of nature. So it's kind of, 
Man, and unfortunately, yeah. obviously, one person that I guess steered the ship, like you said earlier, that reference at the time with the friend group and everything. And obviously, he was more around because he wasn't, you know, he didn't have his own brand. And at this point, right before he passed away, obviously, he was ahead of Louis Vuitton. So he was even much more busier. But that person's not around for Kanye, you know, uh, Virgil, unfortunately. So it's like, it's it's a, it's an interesting thing. But well, like, like Tremaine said, you know, he fired him. Yes. So... That's crazy. I mean, he just, I mean, he fired all of us. So, so when it came to your situation, uh, was it like individualized or was it like you're all gone or these three people are gone? What was your, because I remember reading upon it, like you chose to, to quit, but then was it separate from the Donda? Did you quit like just the uh, blogging space? What was it that, what was that moment? Um. Well, I didn't quit. I mean, it w- I was, I, I would consider like really carefully, like, you know, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> it was so yeah. Essentially, we all got fired or let go at different points. You wow. know, part of the you know the Donda team that you know everybody kind of knew at one point. Was it emails? Was it like a call? No, I was going into the Calabasas office, and luckily, like I had there were two you know really sweet friends that I had that work with you know work with Ye, and they sat me down, and you know we just kind of had a conversation, and the conversations like you know it's like it's your last day, and I was like. You know, I actually like teared up and, and they're like, oh man, you know, they're like, you, you know, taking it badly. And I was like, no, it's like, you know, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I'm kind of free. (laughs) Like I felt like a weight had been kind of lifted off my shoulders. And like a lot of people would be like, you know, I know so many kids that want to work for Kanye. So they're like, why would you feel that way? But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you spend eight full years and you think every day is kind of like your last day because you're just working as hard as you can to, to, you know, do the best work for somebody that's like more than demanding and expects like the best from everybody. So you just think at any point you're going to get fired, you know, because you never knew. (laughs) But at that point, I was like, I was ready. (laughs) I was like, there's other life out there to be lived. And you transitioned to doing like more of your own thing. So instead of like having maybe that awkward moment of like, hey, I don't want to work here no more, et cetera. You got it expedited with that situation. Yeah, it was was great. Came back here. I started my own studio. Um, Joe Perez studio. Yeah, I had a lot of great contacts. Um, So it was kind of. You know, it was relatively easy to get to get work at first, and kind of built my portfolio up, and uh, and um, now I'm I'm repped um, by OCA, which is you know they're they're great, uh, you know, so I don't have to deal with any of the money stuff anymore, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> or the contracts or anything. You know, That's I can just awesome. strictly focus team, on creative. Man. You know, kind of frees you up. And then I also um, I've started an agency um, uh, with two other amazing people. Um, who are my partners, uh, and it's called Works, and it's Works. located in New York, and uh, we take on a lot of, like, really cool uh, um, corporate work, and we're, I mean, we're actually working on a music project right now, so it's, like, just really cool stuff. Wow, and when it came to then that transition of you being, you know, fired, was it pre the Virgil firing, or was it after? <laughs> like, what was, like... It sounds so harsh, were man. You the first one? <laughs> were you the last one to go? Like, what was... <laughs> um, I, I was somewhere in the middle. Okay. So... But I had a funny text conversation with Virgil after it, like the day I got fired. And I went back to my apartment in, in Calabasas and uh, and I was like, just texted him. I'm like, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote back, me too. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, Jeez. oh, no, he said, sorry. I mean, he essentially said that. He said, we're in the same boat. 
We're in the same boat. Yeah, and I said, "No way, man! You're in a you're in a Carnival cruise liner, and I'm I'm on a buoy in the middle of the ocean hanging <laughs> on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you just like laughed at that. Uh, <laughs> oh man, but different usually, boats. We're but in a, yeah, we're in a, both in a mean, boat, but different different yeah, sizes. Yeah, off white and like yeah, it's like yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy, man. And then now, you like I said, you've you've gone on to do your own things what has been you know some of the awesome stuff that you've currently have been you know working on post donda um i i say the most recent i think which was a lot of fun was working with kim kardashian mm. so we just um we branded did the brand uh, when i say we works in new york um uh, worked on the brand identity for sky partners so her uh investment you know, private, yeah, I saw that. private I saw equity that. firm. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. That was awesome. So it was really fun for me, kind of rewarding. It kind of go, you know, came full circle, full circle a little mm -hmm. bit. And, um, you know, you know, talking to Kim again over Zoom was, you know, and she's so involved, you know, and she's so sweet. And um, you get the best feedback from her team. Um, and it was really actually a pretty quick turnaround for a project wow. of that scale. Wow, and yeah. she's and she was well, she's uh, you said uh, again. So was she easy to work with? Because she, she recognized you from the past. Yeah, and she knew right? me. I was around like yeah. in the studio and you know backstage and yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. Well, that's dope. Yeah, I saw I saw when you posted that. At first, I thought it was like a her. Um, I know she wa she's becoming an attorney, so I thought it was like her law firm. But then I saw I was like, oh, the investment thing. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool because you went from working with one west to another west. Because yes, they might <laughs> well, be. You technically, know, she's not a. Right? She's, she's, she's still West. Oh, no, no she changed it. Yeah, yeah, it's just Kim yeah, Kardashian. Yeah, she jumped the gun on it. She mm -hmm. just took her name off before the, the divorce. Never mind. Yeah, man. You know, but uh, <laughs> but then also going to someone else working with Joe Biden, the president. <laughs> wow. You know what was that experience and what was that phone call like? What? what how did that happen? Uh, that I mean, in perspective, it was amazing uh, opportunity, and um, so how it happened was uh, his uh, creative director reached out to me. And she was like, I love your work. Like, you know, and we had a conversation. We just talked about creative and she wanted to run by like branding and logo and stuff for his campaign and just to get my opinion. So we kind of jumped on the phone, went through some stuff. I gave my opinion, um, but we kind of struck up a friendship, you know. Oh. And later on, I saw this initiative where all these fashion designers were going to get together and design merch. And I hit her up. I'm like, hey, I really want to be a part of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she made it happen. So oh, wow. it was really cool. I mean, we were on a Zoom call when we finished the designs and everything. And Vogue ran the article. Like, So we were on this call with Jill Biden and um, what's her name from Vogue? <laughs> Damn, forgot, forgot the name. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> was so bad. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was a really cool experience. Wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. I'm on the spot, so na names when I'm on the spot are like. Know. No, listen, I would imagine you. You <laughs> know, just like you've probably you know you've met so many. People oh God, there. Anna Wintour. Yes, obviously uh, the iconic Anna Wintour. People are gonna watch this and be like, "This dude forgot Anna Wintour's <laughs> name." <laughs> imagine. Yeah. That's the one, this dude uh, doesn't know anything. <laughs> I just turn it off. <laughs> oh man, the legendary Anna Wintour. Yeah. That, that's a that's a heavy call though. No, but she sent me like two emails during oh, during nice. the whole vogue you know i guess sponsorship of it and uh super nice wow yeah she's she's extremely professional and sweet yeah wow and then uh, how did that um was it uh successful in your in your opinion like afterwards what was the feedback from that because i'm not sure did they gauge like 
sales with that? How did that work with that? Oh, so luckily, <laughs> it all comes down to timing, right? Yeah. I was working with, I had just worked with Bieber on some merch mm. um, for like Holy. And then uh, I was working with um, his wife. Um, uh, uh, Haley? Haley. Haley, yeah. Haley Bieber. And at the same time, it's like I designed this t-shirt. And I was like, hey, I really want to send this to you. Um, and then Vogue made a moment out of it. So they photographed her. She you know, did a photo spread and yeah. sent it to Vogue and they published it. Yeah, so that really, that, yeah. that pushed the sales and it wow. sold out. So it was like one of the best selling items. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because she's a legendary yeah. actress. Actually, yeah, it was like top, top seller, obviously. Wow. So yeah. I feel like I said obviously a lot in this interview, but obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously yeah. by Joe Perez. Yeah. No, and I don't have a mic over here, but I'm going to take it. Oh, you can yeah, just get right, 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 right there. So right, right, right. Right. when when you were out of the Yeezy, the Kanye umbrella, and that kind of stuff, the Donda umbrella. Yeah. And you said you felt that there was a weight lifted off your shoulders. Because <laughs> I'm assuming the work you were doing every day, there was no end point. It seemed like you were just putting in work to not see any results most of the time, or just not see anything happen. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, when you got fired, did you feel like you were worried to get with another creative and then be the same way? Did you push back? Did you say, <laughs> I kind of want to do my own thing now? Are you asking that I have trauma? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like scarred for life. Like, I can't do this anymore. Um, did you try to do more personal things or did you say, oh, no, there's other people that I can work with that I, I know are different that, you know? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I had worked with other people while at Donda, like I, I was working on the pink print with Nikki while I was still at Donda. So I've had, an, I had enough experiences knowing that everybody has a different process. Like everybody, you know, it has a different personality and their, you know, character traits and that sort of thing. So really you, as a creative director, you want to do your due diligence and kind of like, you know, vet people, I guess if you want to work with, but at the same time, it's like, you may not have the luxury to do that. You know, it's like, you got to take on money jobs. Obviously you got to take on jobs that you can't say no to because yeah. it's an amazing opportunity. So, um, all those factors kind of come in, you know, into play, but no, I, working with Kanye did not scare the pants off me <laughs> enough to, to, you know, leave the music industry and my tail tucked between my legs. So. <laughs> If anything, it empowered me to keep going, you know, especially like working with people like Heron and Virgil and Jerry, like and knowing those guys are out there. It's like they they made w along with Kanye, they made that experience like, you know, something memorable for a lifetime. Yeah, because I would imagine like also also has to be like a reminder to yourself, like, OK, I'm doing something right if I'm here with, you know, these amazing creatives. And then now, especially looking back. I would imagine yeah. you wouldn't even regret anything. Would you, re do you regret like maybe like being around that circle or working with the, you know, the controversial Kanye West or is it like, no, I, I'm proud of what I did at that time. Um, no, I don't, I mean, I don't, obviously, I, I was going to say, can we, <laughs> obviously, let me back, let me back that counter. up. Okay. Okay. Counter. Let's see how many, okay. how many, cut, <laughs> take two. <laughs> um, do I regret anything from that time? I absolutely don't. I mean, yeah. it was a, like I just said, it was a experience of a lifetime and I learned so much. Yeah. So many different talented people that at the top of the game, you know, yeah, yeah. whether it's Jerry Virgil, Matt Williams, like they all had a different way of getting to a final product and that's what made them vastly interesting to me. Yeah. I really studied that and I learned from each one of them, you know, it's invaluable. It's like, yeah. where are you going to get that kind of education yeah. within the span of like, you know, four to eight years. For free. Yeah. You know, um, people have paid for that type of, like, lessons. Like, they, they spend their entire life savings, like, going to school for to get an ounce of the type of stuff that you probably 
both were a part of and got to experience you know for free so it's like yeah. that stuff is you know i would i would imagine you'll take it to the grave it's, ama it's amazing and when it comes to collaborations do you have a dream collaboration that you haven't done because you've worked with obviously kanye west Nicki minaj the freaking president like what is like a dream of yours <laughs> that you want to make happen that you haven't happened yet um yeah i mean there's still a, a, a few companies out there and and people you know individuals i want to work with i mean elon musk yeah. like mm. top mm. of my list you need to recreate that um spacex logo we need you a part of that team making a new uh, yeah new i mean he seems logo. just as wild but again in all the good ways um i mean obviously oh god <laughs> 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 it's like my it's like my neck my uh nervous twitch so um but yeah it just seems okay dial go back <laughs> <laughs> um he just seems like somebody that again is steering a ship in a new direction mm -hmm. in the world 100 um and it's in his good energy and he's taking those risks that i feel like a lot of us are just not afraid to take but don't have you know that that kind of funding you know it's like yeah. you can self-fund all this all these different projects um and really at the end of the day answers answer to himself but um, i'm curious to see what twitter brings him yeah that's <laughs> probably, gonna be, probably more that's pain gonna be interesting <laughs> that's gonna be very interesting now but but would you have something in mind with that like working with elon musk what would you even like do or would it be like oh whatever he yeah. kind of wants i feel like there's a, there he has enough um you know there there are so many different companies that you can work with and products that could be lifestyle that could come out of these companies that haven't really in my mind have been thought out developed or what they could even be you yeah. know it's like tesla, tesla clothing or the something potential there yeah i mean it could be could be you can make something special out of that because it, because i mean they have already these companies have a cult fo following you know yeah. Um, beyond a cult following it's just like people are looking at every move they make so um they're already a lifestyle brand yeah you know. and speaking of also legendary collaborations the beyonce collaboration that was post donda and i remember you stating that it's definitely one of your proudest some um, accomplishments and moments as a creator what was that like how did that happen with beyonce or like how you said uh, her team referred to her as the boss how did they even reach out uh her creative director um, so when you're an artist of that magnitude, you have an in-house creative team, you know, with a creative track. It, it was pretty much like Donda, yeah. um, but with Beyonce. So her creative director reached out and, uh, yeah, I mean, we just kind of struck it off as friends and, and he asked, um, you know, me to work on, on this cover. And I brought in, uh, one of my, um, collaborators, Jenna Marsh, which we worked on the pink print together. Um, and I always think it's, it's, it's important to, if you're working on a, a powerful female artist, like you need that energy in the creation around. process. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in the creation process. I think when it, when I see a female artist and her whole team is like guys, I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, some there's gonna be something that's gonna yeah. be a lot. It, there's mascul masculinity that's like put into that project yeah. that maybe yeah, it, it's sometimes doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can name a lot of projects, but I'm not, but. Um, so, so Marsh, yeah, Marsh was that female for you? And yeah, in she, team? she had, you know, such a unique creative perspective and still does. And, uh, yeah, she's awesome to work with, especially in those projects, but it was a great team to work with. And honestly, again, it was like, we're shielded from with her, you know, direction, but it went pretty smoothly. I mean, I think she, sh she saw like three versions and by, you know, the third one, we got it. Really? Yeah. But conceptually, 
it was a really tough project because you yeah, think about it. Real quick, not to cut you off, but the, yeah. the for um, context, this was the Lion King album. Yeah, the Lion King the album. The Lion King album, yeah. which was like a, a soundtrack to the uh, movie, but it was like, obviously, it's Beyonce, so it was an album within itself, and she was the... Um, whole like the whole creative director behind the 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 songs the music and everything so what was what did she say what did she throw it did they just say lion king have at it or was it like here are some little things to work with direction well i mean before all of that i mean just think about the project and how challenging that is it's like you have an iconic disney film with characters that people have grown up with for how many generations now yeah and it already has branding it already you know people are have it ingrained in their their you know psyche or whatever growing up with it so it's kind of like the challenge is like how do you redesign something like that and not have those people you know bash it uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. just rip it apart i mean that's like a tough yeah that's like a tough order to f- kind of fill um and really create like a symbolic cover that kind of tells the story of the circle of life you know with with simba and scar chasing each other in this kind of eternal battle of good and evil um, and that's re- representative of, of just nature and the balance of nature. Yeah. So, and then fitting all that into like just one image, you know, and having yeah. that play out. So, um, it was, it was a massive undertaking in my opinion. So, <laughs> it, I mean, just creatively, you know, and yeah. like from a thought perspective. Wow. Yeah. No, and then listen, at least it didn't take, uh, uh, 325 different <laughs> Yeah. As much as, versions. as cruel summer was physically and mentally, you know, or if, I, I'd say spiritually draining, I would say um, the Lion King album was like mentally draining. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how long is a process like that? Like a job of that nature, like point A, when did it start? Like, yeah. oh, and we need it done by such date, like typically on average. Because obviously I would imagine a Nicki Minaj type of situation, one day turnaround is like far and few. Like that doesn't happen all the time to you, right? Uh, this was two months. Two months. Yeah. Okay. Which is uh, a really nice amount of time. And working yeah. music, it's like you usually don't get that. That's great. So, like the current project I'm working on is within one month they want single art, a photo shoot, music video, wow. <laughs> and then all the aver- you know, the, all the ads for that too. You wow. know, like a rollout plan. Wow. So wow. usually have a month to do that. I'm excited for that one. You don't even have to say who it is, but <laughs> is it someone that we might know or something like exciting? Probably new, new artist. New artist. Yeah. Okay. Came from uh, he came from TikTok oh. <laughs> during during COVID. So. Oh wow. Um, and yeah. Let's just say uh, Travis Barker's involved, too. Okay, nice. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to overall brands, what is your favorite? Do you have one favorite brand all time? Oh, wow. Something that's like your go-to? I would imagine a mind like yours has to have an interesting like answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, man. <laughs> um, God. I have to say Apple. Apple? Yeah. Really? I mean... I, I, I look at Apple like I, I think people look at Kanye now like I miss the old Apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I miss the Apple where they had the the cool iPod commercials with you know oh, people man. dancing, the iconic commer- you know oh, ads and classic stuff. It, the whole narrative kind of working together because really at that point it was helmed by one man. You know, it was one man's vision, you know, and he had complete control. Um, yeah, I, I would say. To me, that was that was most interesting time for any company. You wow. know, I more so than, I mean, Nike, I think Nike would be number two, but Apple is something that has set a lot of us creatives on a different path. You know, yeah. it's like we now work on computers, and like, like with Donda, it's like we traded ideas over text message with an iPhone. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a part of everything. Yeah. 
And when it comes to the fashion designers, you have one favorite fashion designer, fashion house, something that it's like a, a go-to for you or like. Yeah. Um, originally, I mean, it still is like Alexander McQueen. Like mm, and, really? Yeah. In 2008, when I was blogging and I was going through all the, you know, the fashion, se- you know, the, you know, fashion weeks and all the different seasons, um, I remember seeing his last collection, you know, and just being blown away in like 2008. I was like, wow. this guy is he's the top, he's a genius. And like, and then, you know, he wasn't with us anymore. And then you just realized how much we all lost, you know, just because he'd consistently create these amazing collections that told stories that I think a lot of designers at the time were just, they're afraid to go over Mm -hmm. that line. No, I love, I love, um, I was reading up on his story recently because like, I feel like his shoe, the classic like inspiration from the Stan Smith, that shoe that everyone like it's like always a thing no matter what it's never gonna go out of like trend or season like you always yeah. especially girls they love that that mcqueen sneaker like it's like it's like they need it i'm like wow yeah. it's something that lives on like for forever it's pretty crazy and then the other designer i'm I'm into uh that's like a contemporary is uh boris bajan uh sabre mm. yeah it's a mouthful wow boris <laughs> but he's sabre. awesome yeah. Was it, that's like a, does he do like everything or it sounds like he does everything? That sounds like, that's a very yeah, interesting he, I name. Mean, he's got a diffusion line. He's got a, he's got a main line. It's, he's kind of like um, a Rick Owens. So it's mm. kind of oh, like, nice. like what I would consider dark luxury. Like I'm wearing his, uh, his sneakers right now. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and they're a collaboration with like Solomon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to yourself, the actual brands you've created, we've seen Club Fantasy, what is what is the state <laughs> yeah, of that? Like yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the state of your your actual creations? Uh, and which one has been like the most successful? Because when it comes to like clothing brands, did you have another one other than Club Fantasy, or was it just solely? Club yeah, Fantasy? it started with a, a like a metal inspired brand called Mason. Mason, and then, correct. And then Mason, correct. Yeah, and then yep. I went into Club Fantasy. Um, let's just say this. You know, I've learned <laughs> more about, you know, building your own fashion brand than, than I had previously working with music artists and, and especially Kanye because they were just able to sell stuff. When you work on your own, it's, it's you know, it's you in charge of the, the brand narrative, the whole advertising. It's like it's a lot to take on. So yeah. and you're constantly churning out new collections. So if you think of that, about that from just a work standpoint, you're one person. Yeah, it's a lot. So you know that's why when you see mike amiri or jerry lorenzo and they have like a big team around them it's just like you got to remember these guys started with just one dude probably out of their garage like mm-hmm. making this happen and it's a lot of lot of work yeah yeah so oh, yeah i feel like a lot of people get very critical of, like sometimes when like um these brands and stuff maybe like sell to like lvmh or like they become like a part of like big houses and like you know they're not just how no, you want that. Yeah, but it's like you, <laughs> you want that like, help. Yeah, you, you want know? that. You want that. Do you want that? Do you want to maybe do? Are you looking into maybe doing another version of a clothing brand in the future? Because you've, you know, you're so talented with that. You have great design ideas. You have amazing connections. Do you think that you see that down along the road for a, a Joe Perez clothing brand? Yeah, I'm actually working on a another idea right now. I'm starting a lot smaller than I would say the uh, with the other ones, just to kind of like test the waters. But I think. Um, I think the mistakes that I made before that, you know, I, I like to tell people are, are they weren't as authentic as I, you know, mm-hmm. should be. Um, and you should definitely be designing clothes that inspire you and that you want to wear every day, that you can chill in, that, you, you know, you go out and you feel good about being in. Um, so that's the kind of line I'm designing next. 
you know, I can't wait. Yeah. That's so it, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a work in progress for a while, a while because I took on a lot of music projects going into 2023, but, uh, I'm hoping at some point in 2024 it comes out. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to be purchasing that. Hopefully <laughs> you got to give us some sort of discount code. If it's 5% <laughs> something. Yeah. I'm trying to make it again. It's like, like I learned a lot, you know, it's unless you're, uh, you have a name, you know, it's like, you should, uh, I, I think it's important to make it affordable, you know. Okay, that's what you're steering towards more. Cause yeah, I, the I Mason mean, one was more expensive than the Club Fantasy, correct? Yeah, but correct. Then, so now you're trying to aim even even more affordable, maybe. Um, probably over Club Fantasy, but um, I, you know, I don't, I can never imagine making a kid pay like 400 bucks for a T-shirt or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, what is that T-shirt gonna do for you, man? <laughs> it's like, is it gonna cook you breakfast? I don't know. It's like, is it gonna take out your trash? Like, oh man. So, what is your opinion then on the current state of? fashion right now and culture like mm-hmm. how everything is you know it's like i think i saw was it yesterday went viral um balenciaga dropped like a lace chip lace ch- potato chip bag that's like a, a hand uh, a, a handbag like a regular bag but it's designed to look like a lace potato chips and there's always very um questionable designs that people are like oh i guess it's cool but it's like i wouldn't wear it every day right. and it's been a very interesting like moment like right now even like in resale culture everything there everything's kind of tanking there's not really much like a go-to it's really back to like back then they're kind of or but the recent years has always been like uh, oh new hot brand up and coming and people were kind of yeah. rock but now it's kinda, it seems to kind of go back to the ogs people are going back to obviously the gucci the levitons going back to the grandfathers what do you feel as a person who's partaked and been around this fashion culture on the current state of fashion right now I mean, I feel like it's always been that way, you know, to talk specifically about the Lay's potato chip bag. I mean, <laughs> when, when you're at that level of couture, it's like you're not making something that's totally functional. It's like a, a some, you're just making something that's expressive or, or a commentary or something that's just like just fun, you know. And I think him taking a Lay's bag is literally just taking that attitude and that idea of just trolling people that's, you know, going on today, which didn't, you know, existed back in the 80s we just didn't call it that you know um it's just like a little bit of satire and just like having fun with fashion it's just like why why do you have to take it so seriously i think it's like yeah what i'm getting from it i mean somebody else could probably get something else that's different from that but that's i i, I love it for that reason you know it's just like i'm like oh you're trolling all of us and like <laughs> making us pay like eight, what, how, how much was it like it's like, like 800 yeah, 800 bucks for a lazy, you know that's the joke it's yeah. like he did the same thing when he was at vetmont you know it's like yeah Again, just making those Demna. commentaries. Yeah. Demna, shout to them. And did you have any like any relationships with Denma around Denma? Was he around during the Donda? <coughs> he was there in in season one, but I wasn't really on the ground in New York um, with the team until season two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And when it comes to Rhode Island and fashion, what is your opinion on, you know, Rhode Island fashion? Has it impacted anything that you've created or do you see it impactful in any capacity what would you say mm-hmm. what is your opinion on rhode island fashion because people always talk about RISD. obviously the creative capital virgil always has expressed his acknowledgement for rhode island what is mm-hmm. your opinion on that well shout out for cured collection for being the only store i can yeah i know right um i mean there's nothing here if you want to go if you want to go shopping for Gucci or any of the you know the brands that you see in hypebeast that you kind of covet, it's like I mean, a lot of those brands are just D to C, you know, direct to consumer. Yeah. So you're going to be going to their website, but if you want to get Gucci or Louis or something like that, you're going to be going to like Copley Place up in Boston. Yeah, or like Natick Mall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but 
honestly, like fashion out in the streets here, it's like people are really expressive. And I feel like it's from when I grew up and went to high school here. Like, yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're still, we're not cutting edge. I mean, we're not in New York. We're not, yeah. I mean, I would say New York is the only city where you can go to in the United States where you're like, okay, people know how to dress here. They know how to yeah. put together looks and like put together looks for events, like their job, like going out in the street, like that kind of shit. LA, no way. <laughs> no, it's like you're going out to like getting, you know, getting a, like an expensive $12 latte and like Uggs and like with a Louis <laughs> purse and shit. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what happened to LA, but yeah. Yeah. I, I saw you. <laughs> it's I, not New York. I read about you like kind of, you just disdain for LA and I, I feel the same way. Like when I visited LA, it's like, uh, I wouldn't really live here. I don't, I don't, but I get it, you know, to each their own. I don't want to be too negative about LA. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like people, I, it had its high points. I have a lot of great friends there, but I had an interesting conversation with Virgil after he spoke at RISD. We were at, um, I forget what bar. Um, we kind of just like hung out and talked for a little bit. And I, I, I don't know why this question popped in my mind, but I asked him like, you've traveled like all over the whole world. You know, it's like, what's your least favorite city? <laughs> he's like, LA. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, why? And he's like, it was, it's the least inspiring. So I think, you know, I I, ag I agree with that sentiment. I, f I felt that. I'm not going to lie. Like, and I, I think it's because of the glitz and glam that you see of it when you're not there, when it's, like, online and movies, et cetera. But when you get there and, like, there's, like, a weird sense of, like, I don't know, a lot of fake energy, especially if you're, like, around, like, the Hollywood area, Beverly yeah. Hills. Like, you go into these stores and, like, the people there are just, like, what's going on here? I'm I mean, like, I met a lot of great people out there, but it... it Overall, let's just say to me, it's a bit hollow. Mm. Yeah, especially you know? the comparison. Like, I love always coming back home and like comparing like Rhode Island, especially Providence, and like being out here and like how people are over there and like in other places. Is like the people are warmer out there. I'll give them that. You come back here, you try to talk s to somebody oh, yeah, at the, the bar, like, "Yo, are you looking at kid?" <laughs> and it's like, I'm a, it's like ready to fight. And it's like, "Oh, dude," and I'm just saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like in New York. I don't know, oof, New York. Yeah, is, is yeah, rough. you gotta. Yeah, you can't walk in front of anybody's path. New York is rough. <laughs> I've New almost been rough. like in fights because of it, and I didn't realize you have to, you know, you have to pick a lane and like kind of make it's eye like contact, but not yeah, like a, a human like highway, literally a human highway. It really like, is. We gotta go this way, that way. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's going on here? But speaking of Sudi, he actually had a question for you that sure. he wanted to ask. So Sudi said, what's something that you previously thought was a hard thing to do or achieve and that you did find once you were working in that industry became easy? So something that was hard, but then it's like, oh, now it's actually, actually easy. Um, I, I think it's, when you enter an industry, especially entertainment, you're working with um, large personalities like, like a Kanye or a Nicki. I think at first, obviously, you're going to be, I mean, with me, I, I was definitely nervous. And I had some nerves around that. I mean, it became easier over time because you're just there and, you know, you, you, re you realize they're just, just another person with ideas and, like, you just need to talk, talk to them at a level so you can yeah. get your ideas out and vice versa and, and do the best job you possibly can, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I still get starstruck every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was really freaking out when they said that DiCaprio is going to stop by the studio one time during Pablo. And I was like, Oh shit. That's the only time I'd that. probably get, you know, it's like, I get, that guy yeah. seems like yeah. fun. To Did you interact with me. him or was it just like, Oh, from a distance? No, Justin Bieber came by instead. <laughs> 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 and I was like, this isn't DiCaprio, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think that's, that's my favorite. No, I, I love Beaver. He's cool. 
Oh, Bieber. What was your? What has been? Um, since speaking of Bieber, what has been like your relationship with Bieber? It seems like you've had multiple interactions with him, not just during Adonda, but now. First, first time well. I met him was at church. Really? Yeah, which was like really interesting because I never regular church. It was like the Don, like the Kanye church. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Kanye church. It was a church in Hollywood that Pastor Rich, Kanye's pastor, mm -hmm. like gave a sermon at. And Bieber and you know a lot of kids from Hollywood would go to this church, but uh, it had a green room. <laughs> it had a v this church had a VIP room for content, or was it for just for like VIP? I guess you know if you're going to church, heaven has a VIP. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this, but I do now, and like I, I'm glad I was in it. So maybe yeah. it gives me a leg up when <laughs> later on. But oh man, um, yeah, you're, you're going to skip purgatory. So just picture one. being in a VIP room at church in the back. And wow. then, like, Justin Bieber rolls in on a hoverboard. And it's the first time you've ever seen a hoverboard or Justin Bieber. And you're like, your mind is blown for, like, both reasons. And you're like, what the hell is he on? It's Justin, what the hell? You know, it's like, it goes back and forth. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then what became, like, did you, what became the working relationship with him at all? Uh, it was later. Um, you know, we had both been in this similar circles. And I think I worked, tried wor working on some merch with him and didn't go anywhere over COVID. And then we... Um, um, hit, he hit us up again to work on merch for his holy single, and uh, yeah, I mean, people really like that. And then, yeah, had a relationship with um, working relationship with Haley Bieber and on, on her merch for her podcast as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, but they're they're sweet humans, and I love working with them. So they're they're yeah. fun. Yeah. And when it came to two last questions, your style choice. I've always seen you in black. You always wear all black. What <sighs> makes you decide to to do this? This is like. I don't mind it. I think it's cool, but it's yeah. like, what what makes you like? What is that? Because it's like every single time I see you, it's like so you can't go wrong. You yeah. can't <laughs> you can't miss, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. It's like yeah, yeah. If you literally look at my closet, like everything's black. Like and I have like like 15 pairs of shoes. And they're all black. <laughs> it's for your imagination. It's like you put uh, in the color. I, and I keep buying it. black stuff, and I'm like, oh, that looks dope. And I'm like, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like all my other stuff. <laughs> Um, oh my god i don't know at some point i think just it's like a designer mentality it's easy to dress yourself in the morning yeah. it's not like a lot of decisions um but yeah i mean i have specific garments that you know it comes down to like fit material and, and other things for me versus yeah. color honestly so yeah. you know i have my set designers that i wear like i, I love boris i love rick um yeah that's awesome Man, I, I remember seeing you always especially like in black um black yeezys but i feel like at the point you were even like at a you were on like the yeezy list correct and then how how did that happen because i've heard like Ooh. that list doesn't even really exist i hear like he doesn't really send people yeah pairs no more so after um after kim and kanye split um there was no list anymore so that wow. i made my own deduction that you know kim kim was, the was one in charge of it yeah she was in charge of the friends and family she would or post them yeah she cared about that and made yeah. sure everybody behind the scenes got it and like friends yeah. and, you know so Kanye didn't didn't care. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, "Why are you giving away free stuff, man?" Because <laughs> yeah, I remember always seeing her post on her story, like two hundred dollars like, each. <laughs> Save some money here. She would post like the sticky notes for like, oh, people's names and like, oh, this is going yeah. like, all the time. Every sneaker release, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was a Christmas present one year. So, wow, yeah, really? Cool. Yeah, like the, the the sand, the you know the what's that sand ones, like mm -hmm. yeah, version one of the sand. Wow, that's so. amazing. Do you have any like favorite one of like the the sneakers? both all time and like from your yeezys like the favorite yeezy that you have um i don't i actually sold them all really? <laughs> yeah. well the resale went up oh, so so far yeah. i was like i actually sold them all at the height and i was like 
yeah. there was some I sold from like the first generation that had been like greatly used, like dirty as hell, and people bought them. And yeah. I was like, yo, okay, you know. Um, so I got because I had all these things for free, and like at some point, um, my style changed. You know, so what am I gonna, what am I going to do with them? So yeah. that's you know, amazing. Gave them to people that um, love them or inspired by them. And, you know, yeah. I didn't give them, but you know, sold. Yeah, them. sold them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hey, market, you hey, know. Hey, hey, yeah. Listen, you got it for free. You guys, you could do it's your position at that point. You could do the heck, the heck you want. They didn't make you like assign a contract, right? Like, don't sell these. No, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of them got good mileage before I sold yeah, them. Yeah, because like you said, you a lot of them were beat up and stuff. Like you yeah. used them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then when it came to now, the last question, your sense of advice that you can provide going through everything that you've gone through someone out there that might want to become a potential graphic designer potential creative director wants to work for the likes of a kanye west and even more niche might be literally from Providence, where i like yourself what would be that mm-hmm. one key advice that you would give to them uh don't give up <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i mean you go through so many kind of trials in your life and really what makes you is just kind of like just staying positive staying on you know on your goals like and having like those goals guide you and um learning from everything you know learning from the people around you like uh, everyone's going to make mistakes like learning from those and that's the most important thing um but really just like not giving up because there's a lot of people that in i've seen throughout my whole journey where at some point they just kind of throw in the towel but then i see other people in the same industry kind of stick it out and you know get the reward they want or meet their goals that they they've set so um yeah staying positive and and literally just not giving up but aside from that i would say depending on the industry if you're going to go into like a path that's similar to mine and work in entertainment it's about networking it's about Mm -hmm. um making the right contacts and and then a lot of it's timing you know yeah and then when you do get in somewhere <coughs> with, say, like a music artist that you want to work with, if that's your thing, then really giving 200%, you know, going above and beyond um, is important. Yeah. Because I think, not, I don't think, I know like everybody that worked at Donda gave more than that, you know. Yeah. It was like we didn't sleep, all of us. You know, and it paid off. So Yeah, pressure makes diamonds. They always yeah, say. I mean, it paid off in the sense that I, f- I feel like um, culture had been changed and in a positive way and uh, I'm just I'm just really proud and like happy and honored to be a part of that and Virgil said something to me when I saw him outside his RISD talk before it was before the talk and he was like doing a meet and greet with the kids outside and he saw me and he came right up to me hugged me and um, he said look at what we did hey. <laughs> and I was like I never like thought about it you know, at that until yeah. that point and for him to say look at what we did and he meant you know everybody in that team and yeah. everybody in our circle and um, yeah I think that's when it just it kind of hit me just what everything meant and then how especially how he looked at it because yeah. it wasn't really a one-person thing it was a team effort yeah you know and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have done it without, without working with those guys and, uh, and probably vice versa at that time, that yeah. glue. Yeah. Well, man, listen, we're, we're very, very honored for, for you to spend any time with us sharing your time here, you know, at the Club Ambition Studio, CA Studio, stopping by doing this podcast with us. Because like I said, man, is, you are someone that I think is very, very important in culture. And it's like a actual bonus, like, oh, he's from 
Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what the heck? <laughs> Might as well like yeah. support this man to the fullest. So you know, you got to support over here. You know, always. So likewise, sure I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked that you guys are. You know, have this podcast and you're you're interviewing people and getting people's stories out. And I think that's really important because. Um, you know, when I went to college, we didn't have, there was no YouTube. There was no, you know, avenue to get this information. Yeah. And I think this is vastly important. Yeah. Um, and you guys are doing a great job with it. Well, I appreciate, appreciate you, man. It. I yeah. appreciate you over here. But thank you, man. Yeah. Round of applause. Hey. <laughs> Thanks. Can you cut out some of those obviously? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to double them. We're going to double the obviously. We're going to make them, make them double layered. Oh, man. <laughs> appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to the cap.